are listening to the Angela Henderson Online Business Show, episode 259. Hey there, you amazing human, and welcome to the Angela Henderson Online Business Show, the podcast that is designed for female entrepreneurs who want to make more money in a way that is in alignment for them. If you're looking for practical advice, proven strategies, and expert insights to help you navigate the challenges of growing your business, then you've come to the right place. Welcome, my friend. I am your host, Angela Henderson, a proud Canadian living in beautiful Australia, and I'm a business coach, consultant, and strategist who has helped thousands of women around the world build successful businesses. Through solo episodes and interviews with successful business owners, industry experts, and thought leaders, you'll get insider insights into what it takes to succeed in today's digital age. Whether you're struggling to scale your business, looking for ways to boost your productivity, or seeking ways to overcome the challenges of being an entrepreneur, this show has everything you need to succeed and more. So subscribe, pop your headphones on, and get ready to creating the business and life you deserve today by allowing the Angela Henderson Online Business Show help you create a winning strategy, develop the right mindset, and build lasting wealth. Well, hey there, you amazing human, and welcome back to another awesome episode of the Angela Henderson Online Business Show. I'm your host, Ange, from Angela Henderson Consulting, where I'm an international award-winning business consultant and coach who helps thousands of women around the world make more money by creating a personalized business strategy and mastering their mindset so they can create a business and life they want to show up to every single day. Welcome back. Welcome back. How is your day going, my friend? Today, personally, it is a beautiful day. I spent the weekend at time of recording with my boyfriend, Grant. We were just hanging out in the sun, had a swim. Life is pretty good, my friend. Life is pretty good. But today, your day is going to get even better, and you're in for a treat as I bring on the wonderful guest, Ellie Swift. This legend makes me smile. She is smart, she is kind, and she is wholesome. And today, we're going to dig into why masterminds are one of the smartest ways to scale your business. We explore what is a mastermind, why are masterminds the smart way to scale, we also talk about when is the best time for someone to launch a mastermind. And she also shared with us the three best tips that she would suggest you do when starting a mastermind to help you scale successfully. And there are so, so much more goodness within this episode that you're going to want to stick around and listen to. But before we start on this awesome episode, this episode is sponsored by my four-day exclusive Bali Women in Business Retreat happening October 19th through to October 22nd, 2023. From amazing speakers to mastermind sessions to sound healing, luxury accommodation, luscious food, connection, and time to put yourself first. This retreat is something you do not want to miss. To learn more about the four-day exclusive Bali retreat, send me a message over on Instagram as my handle is Angela Henderson Consulting. Again, come over and connect with me on Instagram. My handle is Angela Henderson Consulting. Spots are limited in order to keep this group super intimate and super ready to create awesomeness in Bali. Now let's get into today's awesome episode with Ellie. Hey, 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 welcome to the show, Ellie. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh my goodness. As I say with my guests, I am always so excited to meet with new amazing humans. And you are a new human in my world where we met through Scott, one of our mutual you know, mentors, people in our space. And then I was like, reach out to you, see if you could come on the podcast. And we've already been talking for about 20, 25 minutes before we finally hit record. There's so much <laughs> we could talk about. And I'm really excited to talk today about why masterminds are one of the smartest ways to scale your business. But before we jump into that, Miss Ellie, I'm super, I always like to ask my guests a fun question before we jump Ooh. in so they get to know you a little bit more. So my fun question to you is, I know you're a dog lover, just like me. Share with us a little bit about your dog, your dog's name, the type of dog, and why you just love dogs so much. 
Oh my gosh, I'm just going to start by gushing on this podcast. <laughs> so I have a beautiful mini Grudel called Olive. Oh. Um, she's the best. We bought her, uh, well, yeah, purchased her, brought her into our fam a year and a half ago. She's about 18 months old now. Mm-hmm. Um, so she is a yeah mini red Grudel. So for anyone that doesn't know that combo, it's Poodle crossed with Golden Retriever. And she is honestly the best. My husband and I say now that we'll probably never buy any other dog breed. Wow. Cuddly. She's affectionate. She's smart. She's fun. Um, We're like very, very obsessed. I don't know if you've seen the memes about like, it's like the millennial dog mom that doesn't have kids right now and how the dogs are. There's all these really great brutal memes where it's like, my mom's a millennial dog parent pre-kids and this is how spoiled I am. And I'm like, (laughs) oh my God, that is me. So little Olive, she's been with you for 18 months and she lights up your world. Oh, she's just the best. We're, we're besotted. Like we're, we're like, we're pathetic actually um, to the point where, you know, we, we want to have a family sometime over the next couple of years. And Che and I have conversations about how's Olive going to cope with this when we do like, what's that going to look like? Which is just the most hilarious question, but you know, here we are. I never thought I'd be this person and like, I never thought I would be this person, but no regrets. I can definitely, cause I remember we bought our British bulldog grateful during COVID right. and I was the same thing. I was like, it's just a dog. Do you know what I mean? It's like, what can, what possibly, how can you love a dog more than a child? And I don't love her. I'd say they're equal, but we almost lost her when she was um, like 12 weeks old, 13, 14 weeks old. She got bacterial meningitis, had to like tumors on her spine, then went into heat. Like it was a mess for 20, 20 weeks or so. We spent over 20 K in medical bills to keep her alive. Now, granted we full disclosure, we had medical insurance. And so we got like 80% of that back, but I'm just like, you do whatever you have to do to save this dog. And my ex-husband at the time was like, no, 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 uh-uh. we've got limits here. And I was like, no, we don't. I was no. like, keep going until, and it's just funny. Like, again, A, I was grateful that we had pet insurance because in fairness, I don't know how, where my budget would have gone at that stage. So yeah. get pet insurance if you don't have it, I say to the listeners, but it was amazing how you can love something that doesn't speak, you know what I mean? But knows everything about you, doesn't back chat, is just happy about life on any given day. There's something really powerful about the therapeutic benefits of dogs or just think animals in general. Uh, I completely agree. Actually, on that note, one really cute thing that Olive does is so if I ever cry, like if I ever need to have a little tear session, yep. if I'm sitting on the couch and I cry, she sits next to me and cries with me. Oh like my gosh, bless her. She literally starts doing like a... <laughs> And and cries with me, like so sensitive and sweet. It's very precious. Gosh, yeah, no. Well, thank you for sharing because I always think it's good that people get to know you a little bit more. So here's to all of, right? And bringing some awesomeness and memories to your world. Now, for those listeners who might be listening today, they might not know who you are. So I also always like to say, give us a little bit of a brief breakdown of where did you start in business and what are you up to now? So Cliff Notes version is that I started my business about five and a half years ago. So I was the the story that so many people can relate to, which is worked in corporate. For me, I hit my ultimate goal of head of marketing by the age of 27 and then got to that point and went, okay, what's next? Why do I feel so depressed when I thought this was everything I could have ever wanted? Yep. Started my business on the side. I actually started life coaching Mm -hmm. and then very quickly moved into business coaching, Mm -hmm. built up my business over a couple of years where I was fully booked one-to-one, 
reached a point, a really pivotal point in my business, which so many of my clients get to, I know yours would too, Ange, where you go, okay, we we need to actually truly look now at like, what is the scalable business model that's going to mm-hmm. work for me long-term? Yes. And for me, I started a mastermind and my business since then has grown into a fully 100% mastermind model. I run three different masterminds for mm-hmm. three different tiers of business. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've built a seven-figure business using that specific model. Um, so I work with incredible coaches, creatives, and consultants who are growing their businesses from starting out 2K plus months right through to seven figures mm-hmm. um, across those those three tiers. And uh, so, yeah, that that leads me to where I am today. That was a very quick version. Gosh, I love a quick version, but it's yeah. to the point and we know what's happening. But again, how, again, you talked about that like level of emptiness or depression state, do you know what I mean? When we're in those mm-hmm. jobs, right? Those corporate jobs where I feel like once you get out, you never want to go back to, to which I call them like almost mini cults. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I know that's like extreme, but the reality is you're told when you can eat you're told when you can go to the bathroom you're told when you can take your you know your vacation breaks pretty much you may or may not be able to take your sick leave because you never know what type of boss you're going to have you know and then we get out and then there's this level of it's we were talking about this before we hit record like yes there's part of business that is ease and light but there's still parts that are hard right but give me those hard parts any day versus going back to a cubicle like any day I will figure something out I will problem solve but life on this side is good it's fun it's adventurous there's problem solving there's opportunities what are your thoughts it's the trade-offs that feel good for you right and knowing I, I agree for me I would never go back to that world. And ultimately, I've very much decided upon a life right now where the hard things are the hard things that I've chosen. So Uh there's absolutely going to be trade-offs in any business. And for me, you know, in in this mastermind model of business that I've got now, for sure, there's trade-offs of things like, you know, navigating, working with bigger groups of people and what that looks like. And obviously, you know, the process of calling those people into your world and, uh, navigating the different parts of your funnel at any one time, but I would choose those day in, day out to mm-hmm. live the type of life that I live now. Amen, sister. Amen. And masterminds, we're going to talk about it today. I too run two different masterminds. So oh. it was a conversation that I was like pumped about. Uh, yes. And I also believe that there's room for, I'm all about collaboration versus competition. And I also believe that what will work for one won't work for the other. So today is going to be a great conversation because you run masterminds, I run masterminds, and there's lots of people who are always curious about running them, but they're not quite sure if it's game for them, if they're up for the challenge, if they even, a lot of people, like, again, we're going to start off, what is even a mastermind? So let's start there, just so everyone's got the same basic knowledge as we go in, because some people will think masterminds are like group coaching, etc. So tell us, it's that we're on the same page. How are you defining masterminds? So the best way to differentiate between a mastermind and a group program is that if you're thinking about a group program, it's usually more about A, the curriculum and B, the learning from the facilitator. Mm -hmm. So if you go into any kind of group program, you're really focused on those two things. In a mastermind, yes, those two things might be key pieces still for you, but it's also very much about the peer-to-peer space. Mm -hmm. So when you're going into a mastermind, you're going in with the premise that you're going in to both receive as well as give back in the space and learn from 
both the coach, the facilitator, as well as the people around you. Mm -hmm. So it's much more collaborative. It's usually where um, where you're surrounded, obviously, by other people at obviously like a similar stage of business or life or whatever that key outcome is, mm-hmm. rather than it being a linear uh, curriculum-based experience. And for you, I mean, listen, I, we well, we both could say that we've scaled our business pretty much off of a mastermind model. I still do one-on-one in retreats, but for you specifically, why are masterminds a smart way to scale? It's so interesting because before I started a mastermind, I had never, ever been in a mastermind. Mm -hmm. So I I went into this model having no experience with masterminds. And I think that served me in so many ways because Mm. what what I ultimately was setting out to do at the time was I wanted to create... Uh, a way of working with my clients that was both valuable and scalable. Mm -hmm. And so at the time I was working in a way that was valuable being one-to-one coaching, but it wasn't scalable Mm -hmm. for me. And and obviously there are ways you can make one-to-one scalable through things like revenue share. But I knew that for me, knowing that I really value a lot of time, flexibility and freedom, Mm -hmm. I needed to look at something else. And so I really wanted to create something that was both valuable to my ideal client, knowing that it was something that was really going to support them to continue getting amazing results, Mm -hmm. but also something that was scalable. And I felt like I hit the jackpot once I started with a mastermind because I was like, wow, I can have a program that I can still work in a really high level way with my humans Mm -hmm. and have that one-to-one bespoke support but it's still done so in a way that doesn't take up as much of my time in an ongoing way as one-to-one. And actually what I found serves my clients even more because they're getting that 360 experience of learning both from me and from one another as well. 100%. I think that's the thing is, is I think in a world where we, what we think we need is we need one-on-one is what people say. I need one-on-one. I just need you. I just need you because that's whatever story subconscious playing around, whatever's going on for them. But I believe in my experience with being in masterminds and running mine is that the community, the peers is what makes it too, right? Like the facilitator, yes, brings some energy, brings some juice, brings some wisdom, but so do each of every one of those other human beings within the mastermind. They've got their unique awesomeness, their unique magic, their wholesomeness, and their different angles. And I believe that's where the growth comes. They also come with mirroring potential triggers, right? Mm -hmm. They come with you having to look inside, but they also come with you having the ability to give back, right? Versus just take, take, take. What are your thoughts? It's so true. So when I when I transitioned into the mastermind model, I obviously wanted to take my one-to-one clients with me. And so I was navigating a lot of fear around the conversations that I was going to have with them. Yes. Of, you know, will they transition with me into this model? And of course, at the time, I think because I was in that fear, there was a lot of projection of that, you know, probably stemming to my clients as well. And so I got a lot of questions of, you know, but am I still going to get a lot of you and how could this possibly be better right now? I have you all to myself. And Mm -hmm. so I had to do a lot of inner work at the time because I didn't have the evidence of these are all the reasons why this is better. And now having run the masterminds for coming up to three and a half, four years, Mm -hmm. I can so confidently say that the results and the experience and the growth that comes from you said it so beautifully before, like learning through others, learning through others, you know, like your triggers and the relationship piece 
is is just so insane. I, I have clients say to me so often on hot seat coaching calls, I learned so much more from the hot seat coaching yes. that you did with everyone else than the hot seat coaching you did with me because they're fully, fully um, like relaxed in that experience of being the observer mm-hmm. um, and absorbing these other ways that people are doing business. And that's so expansive. I mean, if they say that we are the product of the people that we spend the most time with, then that is absolutely true for a mastermind experience. It will expand you like nothing else. And I think to talk a little bit more about that, if you start looking at vibrations, right? Mm -hmm. If you think about like your family, our families love us 100%, but they're vibrating at a different frequency. They're still potentially in their nine to fives. They don't get it or they've got passive aggressive comments because we're successful and they might not be or that we we have what they might want, et cetera, right? And so I find in a mastermind for me when I've been in it, and I also feel that vibration when I run them is that when everyone's in there, everyone's humming the same tune. We might have bad days, but everyone's still vibrationally pumped to be in that space. They're excited for even the lessons they have to learn. They're excited for the opportunities that are coming. They're just excited to be in that. And there's something to be said when you surround yourself with that vibration, that it's hard not to succeed in business when you're in a room with that vibrating. It's so true, right? It's so true because you will you will see what's possible for you. So part of my story is that um, like I basically have the business that I have because of social media. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that coaching was something that you could do. I didn't have it in my immediate world. I mean, I'm from Western Australia and six years ago when I started my business, there was very little online business at the time. Mm-hmm. And actually when I started my mastermind, from my understanding, I was one of the first, if not the first person to start a mastermind model in Western Australia. It just didn't exist. Yep. And so being able to create a community instead of just looking at those people in different parts of the world and going, wow, like maybe I could be like them and run businesses like them, being part of that community has allowed me to go, well, actually, this is truly possible and to let it really seep into my psych. And it's so, I mean, yes, I could talk about this conversation all day long because there's just, until you're in one, the magic that forms mm-hmm. from it. And, and I think people always look at any type of coaching, if I'm honest, what's my ROI? What's my ROI? How are you going to help me? What's what's the end result? But what you put in is what you get out. And I, and I think that's one of my things that I would say there, but I also believe that masterminds aren't just about the short-term growth. It's the long-term growth that you get for yourself, but also those people who you become friends with, they become almost part of your family in many ways. And the relationships that I've had over the years, I'm still friends, but I would say 90% of those in the masterminds I've been in. And there's something beautiful about what happens post masterminds also. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, the the thing that I would add there as well, and I know from the conversation you and I had offline and and what I know of you, Ange, that we really share the same values around this is that it is about like choose somebody who is going to look to really deliver to you an experience that supports you in the results you're wanting to create. Uh And so one of the biggest pieces of advice I'll give to someone if they're creating a mastermind is to ask yourself the question of like, how can I help my client to generate the result that they most want Mm -hmm. and to really create 
a mastermind specific experience to help them get there. Mm -hmm. So then that'll allow you to go, well, what does it look like in terms of the coaching? Is it small group? Is there a one-to-one component? How much access, not even how much access can they get to me, but like where and how can I support them? Mm -hmm. And I think where masterminds are getting a bad rap or can get a bad rap in the industry is because there are absolutely people that have kind of taken that to the extreme where, you know, I've heard horror stories about people not even being able to ask questions in certain spaces and not get any access. And so I think, you know, again, it it does feel good to make that point knowing that we have the same values there and of like choose somebody who is really committed to providing an experience and a space for you to thrive. 100%. And I think it's also important that when you're going through the process to find the right mastermind, that you also take responsibility and look for the red flags, but also take the responsibility to either hop on a call with that person, speak with yes. their team, uh, Google, like I'm always like Google, Google my name, listen yes. to my podcast, <laughs> right? Uh, do you need to speak with others who've been in my program who are, are currently in my program? Like ask those questions. And if they're not willing to meet you, then that might not be in alignment for you and know that, the, but there will be someone out there. There's oftentimes I will refer people to other masterminds or other programs. Cause I'm like, I don't have the skill set or it's not the right mastermind for you, but let me connect you with two or three other people who it might be the right fit for you. So there will always be other masterminds, other programs out there that will 100% help you to grow. But again, you need to take radical responsibility because I believe the transformation occurs when the transaction takes place. I say this all the time Mm -hmm. and that when you pay, you pay attention. So when you're about to get your credit card out, do your due diligence and make sure that you're finding the community and the people that you want to spend the next six months or 12 months together. And I will also briefly talk about the six to 12 months. Mm. Women in business, get ready to ignite your success and elevate your game. Join me for an exclusive three-day women in business conference from October 31st to November 2nd at the breathtaking Gold Coast, Australia. Designed exclusively for online business owners, service-based business owners, coaches, consultants, and course creators. What to expect at this amazing three-day women in business conference? Expect an immersive experience filled with fun, empowering keynote speakers, interactive workshops, networking opportunities with other successful business owners, Gain valuable insights, forge meaningful connections, and leave inspired to take your business to new heights. 12 speakers have already been announced, with five more speakers being announced shortly. We have Steph Taylor joining us, Anita Seek joining us, Lisa Cordiff joining us, and not to mention Manny from Sound Healing Australia, who will be there for the most magical sound healing experience ever. You do not want to miss the event of the year for women in business. To secure your ticket, head to AngelaHenderson.com.au today. There's some resistance sometimes with people like 12 months, fuck. Do you know what I mean? Like, why do I have to join for 12 months? But here's the thing. Change doesn't happen overnight. That's just what you think happens because that's what you've consumed. And in my experience, 12, the six to 12 months, do you know what I mean? Is a perfect blend of what is necessary for you to see your true evolution. And you can go as fast or as slow as you want, but things still take time. In a world of immediate gratification, I think it's important to realize that masterminds are like, it's like you're marinating the chicken, you're marinating the lamb, right? It takes a little bit of time, but when it does, it's just delicious and lush and everything that you dreamed about serving up on a plate, right? So be mindful about wanting things so fast and so immediate because you're going to miss the dance as you do it. Mm, It's true. You know, I mean, so in my model and again, you know, different models, different examples, 
I run six month masterminds, but we have a really, really high retention rate Yes, because I think clients see, and, and I'm very clear that, you know, six months is six months. There is a lot that can shift in six months and it can also take longer and everyone's timeline is their timeline. And yeah. You know, it it's just knowing and operating with that knowledge that sometimes things are going to take longer and that doesn't make you wrong. And so we have clients who, for the most part, choose to stay with us for 12 months, 18 mm-hmm. months, two yeah. years for that exact reason, because it just gets better and better. Yeah. And it's interesting. So my people who are making less than six, fi- six figures, we do a six month mastermind Mm -hmm. and those who are making six figures and beyond is a 12 month mastermind. And what I have found for me personally was my, the women who are making less than six figures per year, it's their mindset is just not quite there yet. Doesn't mean that they're not capable, whatever, but they, there is still fear in their stories and their subconscious comes up around that 12 months. Whereas those women in my groups are making, you know, 30, 40, 50 K months they're like, yep, 12 months too easy. Right. So I too have a six month and a 12 month. Sorry if I wasn't clear on that. So yeah. So yeah. So, but I get it because even me, when I first started, if someone said I was dropping X amount of money, I'd be like, what the hell do you know what I mean? Where's this? Like, what's it coming from? There is so much fear and it's okay to have fear. But I also say lean into the fear if you've done your homework. And I say this because there's people out on the internet who are doing things as we were talking about before we recorded, right. Is Don't drink the Kool-Aid all the time, people, by like, oh, this is easeful and this is lightful and I'm not going to give you any dates or times or terms and conditions or anything like that. Again, you got like, if things feel so easy and too good to be true, they probably are people. So again, finding masterminds where you know what the curriculum is, where you know how the person's going to facilitate when you know the women are in there is, again, do your due diligence is all I say, because I, and I'm sure you've seen too, Ellie. I'll get phone calls every week. I joined this mastermind. Why should I trust you versus the next human being or the, my money? I I didn't get anything in return. And there's a lot of cleaning up. I feel I have to do sometimes and I can't speak for you because people didn't do their homework. Right. And didn't do their due diligence. It's true. And look, I really believe that with that said, I believe that is very much a mastermind best practice. And I think that Mm. as you know, if we look at those of us running masterminds, I think it's useful to know for those of you listening who do run masterminds or who are considering it, that there is a mastermind best practice and Mm -hmm. it starts and ends with knowing that your whole role is about helping your clients to A, get those results that they're after and B, the experience that Mm -hmm. they most want. And so I think it's useful to know that and operate from that approach of like, oh, there is a right way to do this. And the right way is truly showing up and creating an experience mm-hmm. that warrants the investment mm-hmm. rather than going, you know, looking at it through that lens of like, oh, how can I create something that's going to take me the least amount of time or mm-hmm. like, you know, and again, for, I imagine your audience and like most people listening are like, of course, Ellie, of course, that's how I would do it. But mm-hmm. I think that it's just really important for us all to come back to that of like, okay, let's all uphold this industry standard of that is a best practice way of doing things. Mm. And it starts and ends with looking at how can we deliver and serve our clients in the Mm. way that we've promised we will. Yeah, no, totally. I love it. Oh, how I love it. Now in your model specifically, I'm curious if you can share with the listeners, what have you done differently within your model that you believe has supported the success of it running out? Mm. So 
I look, I'm, I'm going to start with something that sounds so, so obvious right now. But the thing that I would say that we do really, really well is that A, we care so much about our clients. And so because of that, we listen so intensely mm-hmm. to how we can continue growing, morphing and shifting an experience that meets our clients where they're at based on market needs. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is that we're always looking at and asking that question of, okay, what do people need right now to be able to succeed as coaches, creatives, and consultants Mm -hmm. predominantly in the online space? What does that look like? Because it has shifted over time. Yeah. Um, So for example, I've actually reduced the sizes of my group calls because I found that especially during covid People were just needing like a deeper level of support because they mm. weren't getting as much connection. And so I went, all right, so this is something that is, is necessary and required for me as a facilitator. Yep. The other thing that I would say that we do really well is, so my model is the SWIFT marketing method. I, I teach and support people through the pillars of marketing strategy and mindset. Mm-hmm. And With that in mind, I think that what we do really well is that combination of like those masculine structures, like we were talking about before, and of like this is the the strategy that we're setting, this is the marketing that we're we're utilizing, and then also here's the mindset piece as well to really support you through the process. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would say again, that's a a really core difference. And then the third thing that I'd add is that we have a lot of different touch points that support people who learn and consume and collaborate differently. Mm. So we have a Slack channel where we chat and communicate every day through voice message or text, depending on the, the, um, the way that people prefer. We have obviously really great um, group coaching. I've got incredible support coaches who do office hours calls. We have curriculum. We also have live trainings. We've got a really great blend of different learning and communication styles that Mm -hmm. I found really support, um, support my clients in different ways. So again, you know, I I think the, the really cool thing, hopefully that you can hear and what I'm sharing here is that we don't necessarily do anything that is a secret or that is some kind of like, wow thing that anyone listening couldn't also do themselves, mm. which I think is, I share and I think is useful to know because it really comes back to that best practice thing, which is most people want a mastermind where they feel seen and they feel safe and there's examples of prior results. Mm. And if you can tick those boxes, then you're so far on your way to creating an exceptional mastermind experience. And I think what I love that you talked about is that experience, right? And I think people, regardless if it's a mastermind, one-on-one, group coaching, retreats, whatever, I think people are forgetting about creating the experience. Yes. What do people and how do people want to be seen, heard, and how do they want to feel when that experience is done? Yes. Because in my experience recently is that a lot of people are just looking for the next transaction, the next transaction, the next transaction. But I believe there's a shift. And I've been talking about this shift now on stage doing keynotes and stuff about human to human marketing, the experience and interaction one faces with a particular brand versus B2B and B2C marketing. And I believe those people who are not infusing human to human marketing, that experience and interaction is going to, they're going to start, those businesses will be left behind because people no longer want transactional. They want to be seen, heard, and know that their dreams and their goals 
are being shared with, not lived up to because none of us can own anyone else's dreams, but are being shared with and understood and heard. I don't know what your thoughts are, but I believe, yeah, human to human marketing. I've been talking about this for years, but I believe it's more important than ever before. I completely agree with you. And because for me, I work with service-based business owners solely. Um, So much of it is about that personal brand piece as well. Um, And so, you know, if you are someone who's listening to this where, you know, you're holding yourself back from being truly visible as a human that shows up in your business, then, you know, listening to what you've said there, Ange, and, and really hearing that is so key because, that visibility piece and you showing up as the leader of your business, mm-hmm. it, it's only going to be more important. Like people don't want a company. They they want that person that they're going to be learning from, growing with, whatever else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I couldn't. Yeah. And the experience also, I mean, we could talk more about that, but it's like the experience from the minute they have the first touch point with you mm-hmm. to the experience when you're onboarding them to the experience during and the experience even post, I believe this experience is not one faceted, it's multifaceted. Exactly. We put, we put so much attention and time into our onboarding process um, to really try and over-communicate as much as possible, knowing that you know, when your people are coming into a mastermind, they're coming into this brand new experience where they're going to be coming in with some trepidation of the whole like, who am I in this space? Where do I fit? Who are the other people? Who am I going to connect best with? How do I utilize it best? How do I get, you know, the results that I really want? Like there's so many questions and so many considerations. And so holding your people through that experience in a way where they absolutely are able to take radical responsibility, as you said, Ange. Mm -hmm. And then also, you know, our role is helping them to do that, like really giving them the framework and structure of the container of like, this is how you're going to be held. Mm -hmm. This is how you're going to be able to get the best results here. And this is what this looks like. So we spend a lot of time in our onboarding process, just really over communicating so that um, our people have all of that. Because I find that if there's any kind of issues that come up in masterminds, it can usually stem from people just not having the right information and therefore making assumptions. And then I see people withdraw, right? Like they start to know. So one of the things we do is we do a tight onboarding too, but we also then every Monday when I meet with my online business manager, she'll be like, is there anyone we need to touch out to that you haven't seen on calls or whatever? And I'll say, oh, this person needs a a touch point. This person needs a touch point. This person needs a touch point. And I've had coaches in the past say, oh, you're micromanaging. I disagree. I'm not micromanaging. I care about them. I care about their family. I care about their dreams. I'm an extension of that when they're in my world and I will do whatever I can to make sure that they are seen, heard felt do you know what I mean all of those things uh and it's not the exact same thing yeah and and it's not me that does it it's my team that will do it but it's still part of my role I believe as the owner of that mastermind the facilitator of the mastermind to make sure that people are do you know what I mean getting not it's not my responsibility for their success I will show up and do that but to know that like I'm not just tossing them to the curb like another number we generally care and we will we will reach out a couple times. Obviously, we don't reach out every single week because I do also believe people need to take responsibility for their journey, but we definitely will reach out. Um, and I think it's just important because I know I've been in, you know, 40, $45,000 masterminds and you don't hear from the coach unless you're the one reaching out, right? And I believe when you're first, and that's okay, 
because I've been in so many different masterminds or group coaching that I understand that. But when you're first starting out in a mastermind and you don't know what you don't know, there's a lot of, am I overstepping a boundary? Should I ask this question? Should I not do this? Do I reach out to the team? Do I reach out with end? And then you're like, fuck it. I don't know. And you do nothing. Right. So yes. the onboarding and ongoing support, I think is yeah imperative. So I always love that we're speaking the same language, my friend. Mm-hmm. Now, go ahead. I was just going to say, I love that you knew that I was about to say something there. I was just <laughs> going to say that I I find as well that it's just the best practice as a business owner because you can be so quick to diffuse something that could become an issue if you don't do that. Like mm. ultimately, you know, that one small, tiny customer service thing can be the difference between somebody feeling like not seen, unloved, like they've they've maybe created a story around something that's not true because they missed an email or whatever um, Mm -hmm. versus somebody having the best experience of their life. Like those Mm -hmm. small touch points can just change the game so massively. Mm -hmm. Mass, like massively, right? And it's like, again, never assume that you understand your client fully. Never, yes. never, ever assume. Always ask questions, always dig deeper. Now, for those people who are listening, are like going, okay, you two clearly love masterminds. Uh, what do you feel in your opinion is the best time for someone to launch a mastermind within their business model? Great question. So I, I believe that the way that I would answer this is it's almost like, how can you launch a mastermind when you're going to make life easier for yourself? In <laughs> ways? Because if you're starting and you're brand new in business and you're like, I want to start a mastermind. It's the first thing that I want to do. You're probably making life a little bit difficult for yourself at that point because you haven't given yourself the space or time to build a community. You don't at that point truly deeply know what your ideal client needs, what their desires are, even what your process is. Mm. And so my recommendation would be give yourself the space, time, opportunity to learn your process, to truly understand your ideal clients and to build enough of a community that you can create a mastermind from. Now you don't like, I'm not even necessarily talking thousands and thousands of people because I've got clients who have smaller, but mightier communities. Mm -hmm. It's more about building those relationships and actually having people in your orbit that you can sell in that experience to. So Mm -hmm. time-wise, it's going to really vary depending on where you're at in your business. But if you can tick those boxes of going, I've got the experience working with clients. I've got the client results. I've got my process down and I've got a community here that I can sell this into. Then you're likely good to go to really start considering a mastermind. And so people are like, okay, great. This is going to make my life easier. Yes. I'm going to help more people. I can make more money. I can have more freedom, whatever freedom looks like or defined for you. What would you say are the three best tips that you'd give to someone wanting to start a mastermind to help them scale successfully? All right. So I'm going to give you one around creating it, one around selling it and one around delivering. So in terms of creating it, it's that one that I spoke to before of asking yourself the question of how can I help my client to generate the result they want most and Mm -hmm. crafting an experience with that question as the centerpiece of everything. Mm -hmm. The second one in terms of selling your mastermind my recommendation here would be to focus on your year-round marketing to help sell your mastermind. Mm-hmm. Mastermind experience sales process is very different to say, like if you're selling like a low-cost offer, mm. different buying behaviors, different types of conversations that you're having. So consider how you can be having those conversations or at least weaving in your mastermind year-round to really help you when you go to sell it in. Yep, love it. 
And then the third one around delivering is learn how to hold space for a group and really anchor into your leadership around that. So what inner work do you likely need to do to be able to hold space for a group, knowing that they're going to be a projection of your energy in some ways. And so it's really about doing that work and trusting yourself in your leadership. I support my clients with this a whole bunch. It's like trusting yourself in your leadership so that you can hold space for those people because it's going to help them really anchor into their own leadership as well. And then you're going to be operating from that, that higher frequency as you described before. And listen, I agree that like it comes down, there's so many variables, but being able to to understand what a safe space looks like is imperative for a a mastermind, in my opinion, for either to work or not work. Because if it's a not, I mean, again, if you think about the subconscious system that drives 97% of our decisions is around like belonging, Mm -hmm. safety, and enoughness. And if you already, if people do not feel safe to be vulnerable, to be able to share, to ask questions, whatever, all it takes is one or two and you get this ripple effect, right? Vibration shifts, things start to skew. So it really is, I believe, up to us facilitators to make sure that we are doing the inner work because we also will be triggered by clients, regardless if it's in a mastermind or not. And you've got to be able to handle that, understand it, have insight to that and work through that because everyone's bringing their own things to a mastermind. Everyone's bringing their own things to one-on-one. And so I really love that you've touched upon that because it's, it's equally our responsibility to continue to work on ourselves in order for that mastermind to flow elegantly and with ease. 100%. Boom. Now for those people that are like, yes, Ellie, tell me a little bit more about how I might be able to connect with you. Tell me a little bit more about, uh, I know you've got a really great downloadable that you're, I saw you doing some Facebook ads and talking about on your socials recently. How is the best way for people to connect with you? Amazing. Thank you for asking that. Well, I should have asked you this before we hit record, but when will this episode be out? Cause that'll help me determine what I should share right now. So yes, this episode will drop, no, one second. This one will drop on April 18th. April 18th. Amazing. Okay. So for those of you that are listening to this right now, in 48 hours, approximately, I'm going to be closing the cup for my brand new, incredible program called the Mastermind Model. I'm so excited about this experience. Um, It's so, look, ultimately, I I believe that right now in the online space in particular, there is no more important time than truly focusing on delivering an exceptional experience. You know, Mm -hmm. we've spent so much time focusing on our marketing and, uh, you know, that's something that I teach, but ultimately... Like you cannot polish a turd (laughs) and we really need to focus on the experience that we're delivering. And so knowing that masterminds are an exceptional way to scale and create value and results for your clients. um, I've created this incredible program called the mastermind model, where I teach you how to sell and deliver an incredible best practice mastermind experience. Yes. So so that my friend. Yeah. So the best, best way that you can learn about that and see if that's something that's perhaps right for you um, is to, I would say, jump on over to my Instagram, which is Ellie H Swift. Guaranteed there will be stories right in this moment that your ears are wrapped around this sharing all about that experience. I'd love to have you. I'm so passionate about this. And um, quite honestly, after running masterminds as my sole model for the last four years, it's about time I created this program. There's, from what I see, there's nothing like it in the market. Um, and it's uh, it's going to be really incredible. 
I'm over here cheering you on because I believe if people can learn to set up masterminds correctly, the world will be a better place. So I'm yes. over here cheering you on, my friend. Now, one Thanks, final question. Ben. What do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started out in business? Oh gosh, I've just got that conversation we had earlier on my brain that there, there is going to be so much that is challenging, but you are so much more powerful than you realize. Mm -hmm. And with that knowledge, you can create far more than your mind actually would allow you to believe in this moment. Mm -hmm. So keep moving through those challenges. You are right where you're meant to be. If you believe that you are, Mm -hmm. trust yourself and keep going. You're going to get knockbacks. You're going to get failures. You're going to get things that stop you. Keep going because it's the people that in my world, my clients that create successful businesses, they're not necessarily the quickest. They're not necessarily the smartest. They're not necessarily anything, but they are tenacious as fuck. Yeah. Amen. And again, things don't just happen overnight. Rome wasn't exactly. built in a day, right? So, and I also believe we're all right on time. Embrace oh, yeah. it. Stop trying to maneuver and manipulate to get there quicker and faster. Trust that you're exactly where you need to be. So I absolutely love it. Now, for those of you who are wanting uh, access to all of Ellie's details too, I will put everything over on our show notes at AngelaHenderson.com.au. Don't forget, if you haven't already subscribed on Spotify or Apple, please do so so that you can be the first to know when our new episodes drop. And I'd also love for you to leave a review for me. As I always say, podcasting takes time and effort to produce a show that is actually valuable. So every review you leave warms my heart. I read them all. So leave me a review. And last but not least, my amazing friend, have a beautiful day, no matter where you are in the world. And I look forward to you joining me for another episode of the Angela Henderson online business show when it drops next. Thanks again, Ellie. Have a beautiful day. Thank you, Ange. Thanks for listening to the Angela Henderson online business show, www.angelahenderson.com.au.